Hello there, and thanks for joining me in the podcast today. Depression. Depression, that's my topic. Particularly depression within the professional community. We have a large incidence of depression among professionals. Not just today, but that's been historic. But today seems even greater. Teachers, as an example, are one uh, group of people, one population of professionals that experience a considerable degree of depression. Now, today, teachers tell us about their anxiety besides their depression. Depression is a kind of a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. It's a sense that you don't have much power and much ability to overcome a problem or deal with something. Anxiety is, of course, with the fear of something that's going to overtake you or going to do you in or will make things worse in your life. A lot of anxiety of uncertainty and unsureness and unsettlement, hard to proceed in the future. That's the anxiety that teachers are living with today, particularly regarding the COVID-19 virus that we're all dealing with. Whether schools will start or open up or open up in part or teachers will ever go back to the classroom form of teaching or whether they'll always now from now on have to modify their teaching style to include some form of visual external teaching mode as compared to classroom teaching whether we'll survive as a public school system or we will see a resurgence and an enormous surgence of private school options coming before us at this time and teachers requiring to make changes in how they teach and where they teach and for whom they teach and the teaching style and, and so on. So let's take a look at that. You know, there is a um, sense here of depression that it's hard to define. Let me give you an example. Deep within the Black Hills of South Dakota, there's a famous 100-mile-long wind cave. You can tour the wind cave and you come to a point along the tour in which the guide will gather all the people up and have them come close together in a small area and then turn off the electric lights that line the cave. Immediately, a thick darkness prevails and engulfs each person. In an instance, you experience all the emotions commonly associated with a pale of depression. You become frightened. You become disoriented. You become helpless, paralyzed, choked up, and you realize you are feeling very much alone. Now, depression has been with us for over 2,500 years. Hippocrates referred to it 2,500 years ago as melancholy. So, it's a form of emotional dullness, an emotional uh, flatness, if you will. Hard to arouse and hard to generate energy when in a state of depression. Now, depression impacts all relationships. In the school setting, a teacher-student relationship is definitely affected. The teacher-colleague relationship is definitely affected. Likewise, the depression challenges every component of the teacher's classroom performance. It interferes with the ability to produce a creative and well-conceived lesson plan and carry it out effectively. Depression impairs the teacher's ability to engage in an ongoing self-learning process. It impairs one's ability to upgrade one's teaching skills and knowledge base. Depression impairs a teacher's ability to receive and benefit from the encouragement and support of their colleagues. Now, it's important to note that teachers are not the only profession that undergoes depression and has to deal with it in the course of their professional employment and professional services. Research recently has found that of the top five professional and occupational groups that experience a higher level of depression than the general population include teachers 
one of the top five. Top five are social workers who are very prone to burnout and become overburdened with the tasks of caring for the needs of others without much benefit. Doctors and nurses and dentists also are in this group. A high level of burnout. They work hard, long hours, have to experience governmental interference, professional demands. Patients are often unkind, unthankful. There's a stress and anxiety that prevails within that whole medical professional arena. Artists are known to be on the top five for depression. Very sensitive people. Also, they rely upon the feedback and the compliments and the graciousness of other people, and they often don't get that. People who buy their art, but people then when they don't buy their art, they become depressed. Nine times percentage of depression among artists. Nine percent. Teachers are part of this group. Teachers are very definitely part of this group. There's not enough resources to get a job done. Work long hours. Have conflict with patients. I mean, parents. Have conflict with uh, students. Conflicts with colleagues, with administrators, school policies, state laws, federal laws. Changes imposed upon them. Demands imposed upon them. With little voice to object or to uh, work out a deal that would make it workable for them. These factors are all associated with what we call as early burnout and depression among teachers. Now, when we look at this issue of depression, particularly as it relates to, you know, teachers, it's very costly. It's a very, very costly illness. $45 billion annually in absenteeism, lost productivity, and direct treatment costs. That's about $600 per year for a depressed teacher. About 200 million teaching days are lost each year because of depression in the life of teachers. So it ranks very high, if you will, in the area of disability. Teachers are prone to to disability, and teachers are prone to um, teach under a burden of emotional dullness and emotional sadness and and emotional flatness. Can you imagine having a student in a teacher's classroom where that teacher lives a life of depression, emotionally flat, emotionally withdrawn, emotionally disconnected? How does a kid learn in a classroom like that? According to a RAND Corporation study, depressed patients spend more times a day in bed than those that are suffering from diabetes or arthritis or back problems or lung problems or gastrointestinal disorders. It escalates when alcoholism and drug use is involved. Depression saps the most precious skills a teacher brings to the workplace. Those are decision-making skills, judgment-making skills, creativity skills, energy for the job, concentration And that's just a few. Among teachers, the prime age of depression or proneness to depression is the age of 24 to 44. 20 years of teaching. A teacher experiences depression within that time frame very likely. Those are the prime teaching years. Depression mars the teaching experience of so many teachers during those those years of teaching. So what we want, obviously, is we want teachers that are creative. We want teachers that are energized. We want teachers that are enthused. We want teachers that enjoy the teaching process, enjoy the students, enjoy the parents, enjoy the school environment, enjoy the interactional pattern that comes when students interact intellectually as well as emotionally with the teacher. Every teacher desires to provide extra help for their students, and they're encouraged to do so. But there are many teachers, particularly those under a state of depression, have difficulty energizing themselves and giving to a student those 
extra hours or the extra time, that extra attention, that extra effort, that extra thought. Often teachers don't reach out to parents, not because they're afraid of parents or they don't want to, but it's just it's a burden. It's an extra effort when they're depressed. They just can't do it and don't do it. So many times it's the teacher's depression that separates the teaching environment from the home environment, from the teacher to the parent. So it's important that we not rob our teachers of the energy that is necessary to be a productive teacher in a classroom and to be an exciting teacher in a classroom and to be an effective teacher in the classroom. We need to be encouraging each other. We need to be working together, you know, with each other. Administrators, parents, teachers, students, all of us. Now, let me give you just a little bit of a taste here of some of the things that teachers can do when they're under states of depression or they're trying to to prevent a state of depression. But certainly if they feel a little bit depressed, here are some of the things they can do to kind of overcome it, counteract. Here's number one, correct irrational thinking. Teachers are prone to irrational thinking like anybody else. It's not, it's not necessary to be thoroughly competent, to be highly achieving in all respects of teaching. It's perfectly acceptable to seek consultation and gather ideas from other sources. You don't need to be the one who comes up with all the ideas. You don't need to be the one who is most competent, most successful, most achieving. You want to have an adequate performance, obviously, in the classroom. You want your students to have an adequate performance in their school year. Maybe it's not perfect performance, but maybe it's adequate performance we need to do. That's irrational thinking, to think you have to be on top. You have to be perfect. Here's the second thing. Learn to be self-complimentary. Teachers have every reason to compliment themselves. They do a good job throughout the day. Maybe not every minute and every hour of the day, but at different times throughout the day, they do a good lesson or they interact with a student in a very positive, proactive manner. They do something that is that stands out as being complimentary worthy. And Teachers need to be able to be self-complimentary, not to depend upon the principal, not to depend upon their colleagues, not to depend upon their parents, not to depend upon students to compliment them, but to be self-complimentary. It's good to get compliments from all these other sources, but you also have to be self-complimentary. Don't be dependent upon colleagues to compliment you because they may not and they probably will not. Here's the third thing. Seek time with colleagues who are encouraging and positive. You know, the school day is a wearing experience. You're tired at the end of the day, discouraged often, often feel depreciated, unappreciated. And what prevails in the classroom is a tough time throughout the day. But find yourself throughout the day, somewhere in the day, associated with, with other teachers who are encouraging, who are positive. Encourage each other. You be an encourager and then gain encouragement from others. Ask for help. Ask for support. Ask for feedback. Ask for encouragement. And here's another thing teachers can do. Exercise their right to be assertive. Teachers can be very passive, and there's a tendency to be passive. Just take whatever comes along. Take it from students. Take it from parents. Take it from administrators. Take it from school uh, policies and so on, school boards. Just take it. Whatever comes down, you just take and put up with. Well, that may be true to some degree, but it's also true to some degree, let's say half and half, to express your feelings, to express your desires, to express your needs, to express your preferences, to express your points of view. To express your analysis of a particular situation. Let people know what you think and what you feel. What your experience has been. What is good and what is not so good. Go back to the book of Ecclesiastes. There's a time to say no and there's a time to say yes. There's a time to ask for help and there's a time to give help to others. So be assertive. So you can better understand yourself. And other people can better understand you and respond to your needs. And be more of a satisfying experience for you and for them. And here's the last point I'd like to just bring to your attention. Your teacher be a problem solver. When faced with a major problem or burden of some type of a task or assignment, undertake the problem solving process. That 
by step by step. Be success oriented. Identify the steps that need to be undertaken to accomplish a task, to change the situation so things will go better. Start from the known and then proceed to the unknown. Start with the simple steps and proceed to the more complex steps. Seek out and accept help from colleagues and from administrators and from books and other sources that are available to you so that you can have a successful learning experience and a successful teaching experience. And then the students can have a successful learning experience as well. So you see, teachers are prone to depression, but teachers are not helpless. Teachers are not necessarily overpowered by depressing elements within the profession and within the teaching environment. It's important to understand that you can get a hold of that. You can rise up above it. You can live above it. You can live effectively. You can take charge of your life. If it means sometimes taking a, a, day, a couple days off or a couple weeks off for stress breaks, that may mean me to do that. Don't let yourself wind down and become like a noodle. We have very little to offer to the students in your classroom. Be on top of your game. Teachers need you to be. Be energized. Students need you to be. Parents need you to be. Be creative. Students need you to be. Be productive. Be encouraging. Students need that. You need that. Other teachers need that from you. It's an interactional process, not a passive one. It's an active process, not a passive one. It's an assertive process, not a passive one. So anyway, nice to have you with me today as we look at this topic of depression within the professions of our community. This is part one, and we're going to take another part two next time and talk about what school principals and school administrators and school boards and the parents of students can do to make the teaching experience a non-depressing experience for you as a teacher and how you can interact with your community and interact with the school officials and parents and so on to make the teaching a positive experience and a learning experience for the students that's positive, encouraging, and healthy. So thanks for joining me today, and let's move forward as we look now at the opening of the school year and going forward as a um, community, whether that will be on online or whether that be in a charter school, whether it be in some kind of a public school setting or some kind of a mixture of schooling this year. But be ready and be on top of your game. Nice to have you with me. Bye for now.